Ladies, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 163. It's actually 162 because we never did the hundo piece, right? So it's episode number 163 of the Eavesdrop podcast. But today we have my man Dropped. Dropped, what is your real name? Mark. Mark what? Mark Thies. Mark Thies? Thies, yeah. Spell that last name. T-H-E-E-S. Never Thies. heard of that last name. It was the yeah, first time I've ever met one a, of your it's people. A, it's a unique one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where's it, where, where does that come from? Where's the, it's a German, I think. German, very yeah. cool. Uh, well, thank you for stopping by. You're, you're, you came to visit us for about a week, right? Uh, shoot content and get sort of the lay of the land. Uh, your teammates knocked in Skittle Cakes. Um, still haven't been able to convince them to move down here. But you are originally from Seattle. San Antonio. San Antonio, but San Antonio. you're in Seattle? No, no, no. Where did I Seattle live- come from? I don't know where Seattle comes from. Did you, did you and I not have a conversation about Seattle? Well, potentially, uh, my dad's from Seattle. Maybe oh, okay, that's okay. maybe that's. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, San Antonio originally, born and raised there. So I mean, I just I drove up here, so it's pretty it's pretty easy for me. So you're currently in San Antonio. Yeah. Boy, do I have all the restaurants that you need to go to if you haven't already tried them. Have you been to Ladina? No, I've never been to Ladina. I saw your video of the uh, the Edius. I've been I've been watching those and. I watched the San Antonio one, and there was some ones on there I'd never heard of. Yeah, um, I think it was like what was it, the Mediterranean one or yeah, Ladino. That's Ladino, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, bro! I wish I could. I wish I was having that today. I'm gonna tell you why though, because like I'm I'm watching what I eat right now, as I usually do on the on the first month of the year, then mm-hmm. it tapers off. But this time I mean it. You this mean time it I sure. mean it. This time I'm gonna be fucking shredded. Uh, Scum's getting married at the in July, so I gotta I gotta fit into my my suit. Um, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Uh, who are you today? Who am I today? Who are you today? It's a it's a very introspective question that we came up with here on the podcast. Mm. Been say, asking it since episode one. Say that um, I'm a better person than I am yesterday. That's that's what that's my first immediate reaction. Okay. To that. Try to get better every day, and uh, at the game holistically, every, everything. Yeah, you know, I do the effort I put in, way I look at things, all that kind of stuff. That's 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 what I'd say. Very cool. So, born and raised in San Antonio. Uh, how was school like growing up? Were were video games? How old are you? T- how old are you? Uh, twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, so yeah. wow. When I was twenty four, Matt, I had just moved into my first apartment. Twenty four. I um yeah no video games were always a thing. My dad was super into video games, so he kind of got me into them. What do you play? He played everything. I mean, I the thing is I can't remember back then because I was so young. But I mean, he played everything. He bought all the new consoles, and that was like what got me into it was gaming with my dad. And we used to play like COD Four. That was like that was like my personal favorite Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah. So I played that with him, and we would just switch off every life kind of thing, and that's what got me into video games, is just doing that with my dad. And, uh, yeah. I feel like in multiplayer games, it's not one every life. It's like every three deaths you, you switch off. So, in something my, like in my that, opinion. yeah. But, uh, no, that was... Video games always a huge thing in my house. Uh-huh. I've always loved So them. Call of Duty 4, he played also Call of Duty 4? 
he played I, I remember playing all the way back until the first Call of Duty as well. And I, I think when the first Call of Duty came out, I was like five years old or something like that. So it was two thousand and three, Call of Duty one. Yeah. Or Call of Duty. Yeah. And I I was like four years old, I guess. And I, I still remember playing those first couple before Call of Duty four. Yeah. And I've been playing since I was a toddler. Now, in school, going through school, did people know that you played? Like, at, at what point? Like, do, do you share that with people? Like, uh, not really. I kind of, I kind of like was always really good at video games, like with my friends, because mm -hmm. I, I played I played football growing up, so that was like my life up until, um, I I blew out my knee, and then that's when I like what what grade were you? I was in eleventh grade. Okay, junior. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, junior. And then that's when I stopped playing football because just horrible experience. And I guess I can go more into that yeah, later. Yeah, please do. Uh, so basically, yeah, I was, so I was always football, right? Mm -hmm. Texas, you know, Texas, the culture is like massively football. Right in our lights. Yeah. So I played, I was really good. I don't have the size to like play in college and I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. Obviously, like I, I, I still want to like keep my dreams alive and keep playing and stuff, but I knew that like I wasn't really gonna like be heavily recruited to go to college and play football. So I was really good. I was enjoying it, so I, I was playing it. What position did you play? I played uh D line and O line when I got hurt. So like I started out playing other positions but when I actually got to the high like varsity like I was d-line o-line and I ended up playing o-line for the for my my school's varsity team we were 6a high school so like 6a high school in Texas like I was on, I was on varsity as a sophomore mm -hmm. and it was because I they brought me up because they just didn't have people they just didn't have o-linemen mm -hmm. and so played that did well I was pretty good at football then I blew out my knee. And then when I blew out my knee, how? I was uh, pulling. So like, you know how guards pull mm -hmm. where they, you know, kind of sidestep out and they lead block on, yeah. a, on a running play. Yeah. I was doing that on a pitch on a wide toss and I was wearing um, these like new cleats mm -hmm. and I just didn't break them in enough pretty much. And so when I stepped, and I was about to like hit this guy. It was, yeah. it was like a linebacker on an, on our, actually our rival high school team, and he was a big dude. And my foot just didn't like basically stick into yeah. the ground, and yeah. it slipped. And he hit me at the same time, and I don't know somehow. It just I heard the huge pop in my knee. Inverted or a, I don't I don't even know because yeah, yeah. like I it happened so fast. I just all Black I know out. is it was a big huge pop in my knee, and it was a wrap since then. Do you then. still hear it? I can hear it, yeah. yeah. If I think about it, I yeah. can hear it. It's, I mean, it's like loud. Like yeah. you can, you can feel it and hear it. And no, nah, but I blew out everything in my knee: ACL, MCL, meniscus, LCL. Like they listed it off to me, but I literally did like almost everything. Yeah. And so from there, <laughs> I hated it. You got a reachievement on, on that injury. Yeah. So uh, from there, I was like, I don't want to ever go through this again. Pretty much that much. Yeah, it, it was it was the recovery that was the worst because you have to get surgery and then you can't walk for like months and months. I mean, it's like one of the worst experiences you can have. And so that happened. And then I was like thinking in my head, like, am I really going to like play in college and this and that? And I was like, eh, probably not. 
I was like, it's not worth it for me to go through that again. Cause I had all these people, this is where like the, the story of why I stopped is cause I had all these people on my, when I was a sophomore on varsity, they were seniors and you know, and they had already tore an ACL. And I don't know, maybe this was like a curse in my high school, but they tore an ACL. They like rehab for like a, it's, it takes like six months to a year to rehab it, get of course, back. Of course. And then they came back and there was one kid, he was a senior and he first came back, he tore his other ACL. And it's like, cause it's like the re-injury is mm -hmm. like very high. So I saw that multiple, I think it was four or five people that tore an ACL, either tore the same one or the other one. And then I was like, I don't want to do that it again. It wasn't artificial either, right? It was like, it was grass. Uh, I think it was actually turf. It was. So it might've been like, you know, part of the discussion going on now where yeah. it's like turf is horrible for that. Yeah. Not only that, yeah. but like, uh, I, I heard, you know, those little black little pebbles that are, yeah, they're in, in there. Yeah. yeah. So those are made out of tires, apparently. Huh. And apparently a lot of kids who are sitting in the summer and this thing's like heating up and warming up, like all the little waves of, of, uh, of heat that you see emitting from that, like those, they're breathing that in. There's like toxic shit. Oh, so a lot really? of, so yeah. So kids are getting fucking sick with all types of shit because of that. They're speculating. I'm just regurgitating what the speculation was. I'm in no means any scientist. So go on. So you're so you're laid in bed, going through rehab, hurting. You're just painful, yeah. right? Um, this horrible, horrible rehab. I mean, that's actually another thing too. Is the rehab part of it? People don't understand is like extremely hard. Like building that muscle back up and building like the ligaments, like the strength back. It's hard. Like it's hard. I'd rather do like you know two a days in the su Texas summer heat yeah. than do that rehab. And I actually didn't rehab it as well as I should have. So I'm probably gonna pay for that much. It was just like, you know, I was kind of irresponsible too, probably. But it's it's gonna probably end up biting me in the ass later in life. Well, you don't work out now, like you don't work out. I, that I do. Specific leg. I do. And I sometimes when I'm running, I'll like kind of feel it a little bit and mm. i'll be like it gets, starts getting sore you know or it get starts getting weak getting off of this shit now yeah exactly and so yeah but no uh long story short tore my acl horrible experience never want to go through it again and then i'm the type of person that like when i do something i like go all in right so football was my all in for like years and years and then that became gaming and so how did it become gaming I, w I always loved games. Like I said, my dad, he he played games with me. And then H1Z1 was this game I was playing, and I loved it. And I was like, I think I'm pretty good at this game. Mm -hmm. And I, so I started playing it that – it was that summer, I think, that I tore my ACL. And so, yeah, no, I uh, – uh, So you're playing on the keyboard and mouse. Your legs I, extended somewhere? Like, I, I, no, I so know I that actually, if my leg was, like, on a cast, I could not play because I played, like, the traditional yeah. – like hunchback like uh -huh. i'm taking a shit type of scenario right here yeah right how did you how so did you i actually it? started off on h1 on controller mm. like and that's something i don't really talk about but it's it was it was kind of funny because i swapped from console right and i didn't want to learn mnk and so i was on controller playing h1z1 with no aim assist which is like really hard like i was playing a game that wasn't built for controller it had no controller integration and i did like the mapping you know yeah. stuff you can do and so i mapped out keybinds, and i was playing on controller at the start and then eventually i was like okay like this isn't as good as i want it to be so then i swapped to mnk and i learned mnk and that was in how long was the transition uh to where you feel you to, to where you felt your brain was one as it was with the controller honestly i don't even know 
maybe a couple months. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it definitely took months because it's not easy, you yeah. know? I remember it. I tried swapping like once or twice and I couldn't do it. I went back to controller. And that's what a lot of people do now I've, from just me witnessing it. But so that's what happened. Yeah. That's the story of me getting hurt and then getting into the gaming. So tell me, you, you're, you're playing as an H1Z1 player. What made you say, I was like, man, I'm kind of good at this. Just the, the amount of the amount of uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So you were getting or somewhat. Yeah. And then they started having um, private server games yeah. where you where you could play against other good players. Mm -hmm. And I was winning, like I was winning a lot. And I was like, oh wow, okay, like I'm actually pretty good. So then, yeah, I mean, it just kind of turned into- Did you play, into... uh, um, what was the other one? The Battlegrounds one? PUBG. PUBG. I played a little bit at the start, but- No, nah, not nah. anything? It was, it was really fun at the beginning, but it got boring to me pretty quick, yeah. And then uh, Apex comes out, right? And then, like, what, what, ga what, ga what made you give that a chance instead of sticking to- what it was you just uh you like um, variety of games basically no actually h1z1 so the story of how i got into apex was h1z1 died out like 2018 or something like mm -hmm. that it, it had that pro league that ended up fizzling out pretty quick i don't yep. know if you remember that it was yeah so i played in that pro league under tsm and then that fizzled out in that pro league actually um I was like 300 and like 30 pounds, 340 pounds. So I was like a, You're a big dude. I was a big dude. And so then from that, I lost a bunch of weight. And then I was actually going to join the Air Force. My plan was to join the Air Force. I don't want to like, I don't like saying I was going to join the Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my plan was to join the Air Force. Yeah. And I was going to literally start the process. And it would have been easy for me because it's in San Antonio, yeah. uh, the main Air Force place where you train and everything. So. That was my plan before Apex because I wasn't playing games before Apex. I was like, okay, gaming's done for me. That's what yeah. I thought after H1Z1. Yeah. Gaming's done for me. I got to start focusing on, you know, life. Life. And I was going to go into the Air Force and do school, you know, afterwards, paid for all that. But then Apex comes out. And then I was like, okay, let's, let's check out this game, right? I played it for a couple of days. I was like, eh, whatever. You know, like it's, it's okay. But then about a week later, some of my buddies from H1, they ended up telling me that orgs were looking into Apex and like trying to sign pro players. And then that's where I was like, okay, maybe this can be something. So I was actually working at FedEx at the time mm -hmm. and I basically quit my job. Do doing what? Loading? I was, uh, yeah, I was doing uh, at the airport. I was doing loading and unloading and just, you know, the grunt work, you know, and it was just hard you know I'm, what I mean? I'm team ups i was a loader for ups oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah no that so you know that that's hard the worst job i ever had well uh, one of the worst yeah it's forms are just like burning because all the boxes they're just full of dirt yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I hear no you. it's it's it was horrible and so i quit my job right on the spot so if there's any loaders from from ups you u-haul whatever it is props man yeah keep you guys you guys are way that better ain't, than that I was ain't easy it. no I didn't do that long either. I only did it for about a month. And that's that's when I that's when Apex came out and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to put all my time into this. I'm going to quit this job." And um 
here I am. So it ended up paying off. Was uh did you did you ever have uh you had that 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 roller belt that went down into the yes. into the thing? So like yes. when boxes were coming in, you would stop them, right? Like you, yeah, you'd have to stop them, and then you know with like the you'd have to like play Tetris with yeah. like the packages yeah, and like yeah, and it's yeah no. It, that was kind of like the job of the old. Were you like, scanning also at the same time, or somebody else? I don't think I had. I don't think I had a scanner. No, dude, it was so bad for me. And this was like during high school that I had. A, I used to sleep on the couch. Growing up, I slept on the couch because we, we we had a small space. Mm. But I was sleeping on the couch once, and then I woke up to me slamming my hand on the coffee table, just like I just did like this, because I thought I, in my dream a box was going too fast. It was not, but I bruised my hand because I stopped it so hard, and I said I cannot work here no more. <laughs> It was literally like that, bro. Like I had, yeah. it, it was in my dreams. It was so traumatizing. I know. So yeah. shout out to again, you manly, <laughs> manly, or womenly, womenly, but manly, manly men doing this thing out there. It is not an easy, easy work. Man. Oh, it's not. I, I just that's that. That's the worst job I've ever had too. Yeah, easily. So props. Give them a raise, UPS, FedEx. Loaders need that race right now. Mm -hmm. Show them this video. If you're a loader, show them this video. Tell them I said that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so you uh, orgs are looking. Yeah. How do you how do you put yourself in 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 contention, or how do you become a part of the conversation? Um. So, basically, my H1Z1 connections that I had from before really played a part in that, and I ended up getting hit up by some of my old teammates from H1Z1, and they were like, "Hey, you're really good at H1Z1." Why don't you like come try you know come try out with us? It was actually Huskers and uh, Sweet Dreams. If you, I don't know, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was those two, and they knew me from H one. They were like, "Hey, dude, you should come try out," because they had they were they they were trying to find a third, and so I went and tried out. They liked me a lot, and they picked me up, and that's and I that was really quick into the H in the Apex. So yeah. I mean, I quit my FedEx job, played Apex for probably less than a month putting all my time into it and then I was like signed to which was it was rogue you remember rogue I do of course. yeah that that org yeah yeah, yeah. so did uh what was your salary like there versus FedEx oh was it more I mean <laughs> you, yeah I remember uh when I was at FedEx I remember getting my first check it's sorry around how old were you when you were at FedEx Fe this was um when what 2019 so I was uh 19 18 19 I think I was 18 right, 19 cool. so you get your first check from FedEx well, I got my first check from FedEx and this is already before FedEx I was getting paid from esports right so I was like making decent money in esports and I got my first check from FedEx and I think it was like 200 bucks and I worked hard for two very, weeks for, yeah I think this was like two it was like paychecks. three yeah two three four hundred bucks and it was like yeah two week paycheck I got it and I got it back and I was expecting to see more and I remember seeing that and I was like taxes you, insurance yeah all that stuff and I was like, God. And then when I got back into esports, I was like, Yeah, I never want to go back to back to that like that hard of a job. Yeah. And it really, I mean, but that's the thing though for me. I'm glad I did it because yeah, it put it puts things into perspective. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it makes you it makes you realize you know like how hard you have to work for your money, and it makes you not like because that's what a lot of I think a lot of gamers don't really understand that you know especially these people that went straight from high school or whatever and they didn't ever have a actual job yeah they get start getting paid all this money they just spend it blow it don't understand like the value hard, of a dollar yeah exactly the value yeah. of a dollar my dad always told me that and that's that's what i'm glad i i worked at fedex because that really taught me and i because i remember working hard like i worked hard man like i always work hard when I, what i do mm -hmm. and i got that check and i was like i couldn't believe it yeah 
but so it taught how, me a lot. So how many more of those paychecks did you go through I before you were I, just like, like I said, I only worked there about a month. month, so I think I only got two. Yeah. And, and two was enough. <laughs> that did was you do like, anything else? Like what other jobs have you held in your No, mind? just just because I, I was in gaming mm-hmm. literally while I was in high still in high school and then out of high school, H one Z one died, FedEx, Apex, here we are. Apex has only almost been out five years. And you've been at it since? At very beginning. Very cool. And so w- when did you get on TSM? That was in 2018. Okay. So, but I've been I've been doing esports and like signed to org orgs and stuff. I think I got signed in H1Z1 in 2016. So I was 17 mm-hmm. at that time. So I've been doing esports like se- I I said seven years. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's not even the worst job, right? Like that's the 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 jobs that we did. That's mm-hmm. not even the worst. Oh no. No, it's crazy. So I'm I I'm also I find I find it interesting because I ask all my players, right? I, you know, obviously I some of these guys I you know they grew up with me, so yeah. like I, I I know that none of them had like jobs. If I go from left to right, right, like Bose never had a job, Seth never had a job, Illy, Dashi, and Shotzi, I don't think they've ever Rambo. I don't know. Maddie, did you you had a bunch of jobs, right? Huh? like what? Paxon. Landscaping stuff, I hear you, man. Uh, so yeah, like I always find it interesting to see because it is important to understand the difference in the privilege, right, and the blessing oh, yeah. that it is to be in the industry that we're in. That's why, you know, I, I'm die ride or die for this thing, right? And oh, yeah. and, and not just gaming, uh, just like content creation or YouTube, you know, the new media stuff. Uh, I've always been a fan of, but to to have the the privilege and honor to also have experienced the real world in the way that you did. Like it's mega important. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it gets lost, man. It gets lost. Like you, you, I'm not saying that playing professionally video games is not hard because obviously I'm in the industry. I know how hard it is. And I know that, you know, streaming and all that stuff, like it takes, and and it's, it's more difficult when you are trying to make it because you don't have a guaranteed paycheck. If at work you didn't work as hard as you did, that same check would have been the same thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Your your output wouldn't have it. It, it would have created the same output mm-hmm. from them, right? So so I I, I get that. Yeah. Um, that's why again, you know, I make it a point to to sort of know where where people are coming from because it's it's a lot easier to to have that conversation with someone, right? Because yeah. it is it is an honor and a privilege, but it is hard as fuck to work here. Like it's it's yeah. your your job is mega competitive. Mm-hmm. Right, like if you if you have three bad series, like there's a conversation that starts, mm-hmm. and then if you have a fourth one, fifth one, like yo, you're on your way out, and you got to know that you got to plan for that. Yep. Um, so many people want to be in the positions that you're in that, although physically, it may not. How do I? How do it's I a different this? type of struggle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know more of a mental and like there's the, the pressure, right? It's like the pressure on you is like yeah. way more because yeah, you're in like the top, top percentage of the gaming right when in yeah well you and the paycheck for that for that sport oh yeah, yeah so yeah. you have the pressure of keeping your spot and knowing what awaits on the other side mm-hmm. if you don't yep you know uh, i don't think that you would have you, you would go back to to that right you'd find something else no yeah your knee would have gave up gave out on that also dude eventually yeah it's because yeah i know the this the bending and yeah no the pivoting dude for sure like I, I i remember uh i remember i used to like I got taught from the, some of the people that were working there how, cause you know, when you pick up boxes, right? I was a dumb kid. I, I just would try and like, you know, brute force it, you know, you got to tip it over yeah. and like get the Position leverage. It, and yeah, yeah. I didn't legs. learn that until like a couple days, a weekend. 
And that's another thing too, though, is like, you know, I talk about this and I only did it a month. I can't yeah. imagine doing that for like six months yeah. or a year. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. People have no choice. People yeah. do what they do, man. Like I, I yeah. you know, I, I had a, a bunch of jobs and that one was one of them. And that's why I always like relate because like, if you don't go through that loading shit, you don't know what, yeah. how traumatizing that shit is. So again, if you're a loader out there, <laughs> my respects. That's all. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So Obviously, we we uh, we we just met actually like last week when we did that that shoot. So, um, you know, I, I I want you to know two things. First, always spell optic the right way. If you send me a text like Nick did this morning, where he spelled optic with a lowercase t, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get an answer from me. Nah, you know I, what I'm saying? I, know. You got, you I got, got told res- that right away. Yeah, I got told that right away. You you also have to when you when you talk, you have to define what it is, and the only way that you know what optic it could be optical nerve mm-hmm. aside from that, and that was kind of like uh, in in gist. But um, you know, the the green wall loves winning. You know, we we we've had a lot of successes in our past, and you know, we're still trying to get our our feet uh, underneath us. I mean, that's the last time we won, right, Matt? Right there. That's the last time we won a, a championship in Call of Duty. We've won in Halo. So what does this year look like competitively from a scheduling standpoint? Uh, we'll start there. Scheduling. Um, so we got the way Apex is built and scheduled and formatted is we go split one pro league. Mm-hmm. That's where you qualify for the land split one playoffs. That kind of occurs within like a, you know, four month ish period. So we got split one coming up here January 21st, I think. So coming up quick, that's where we qualify. You got to be top 12 teams in North America. Yeah. Qualify for LAN. Split one playoffs, usually a month or two after that. Mm-hmm. And not sure. It's not announced where it's going to be or anything like that. But it usually, the way it goes in in, uh, in short is split one playoff, which is LAN. And there's three LANs a year. So Split one playoff or split one land, uh, pro league. Sorry, I'm getting mm-hmm. twisted. Split one pro league, split one playoffs, split two pro league, split two playoffs, champs. Mm-hmm. So each playoffs is a land. The pro leagues are online. Got it. So three so lands on the 21st. It starts. Yeah. Uh, how you feeling? Are, do you guys practice? You guys practice? Yeah, like yeah. Daily, we're actually right? scrimming. We're scrimming today. Okay. Later today. Yeah. Who you guys? Uh, how how does scrims work in in that? Uh, so in Apex, it's like. They're a little bit harder. Like I wish I played like a game like COD or where you can just schedule scrims against one team. Mm-hmm. You only have to worry about that one team, you know. Twenty teams in a lobby is how our scrims work. And so it can get Wow. Really, to really coordinate twenty yeah. fuck. It's hard to coordinate, number one, and then number two, to get all twenty teams on the same page, same effort. Some people start trolling, you know, and like it's it's a it's a mess sometimes in BRs when it comes to scrimming. I wish I wish I could just scrim against like one or two teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at at a time, I yeah. got to scrim against nineteen other teams at a time. Yeah. It's and some rough. take it serious, some don't. Yeah, that's that's the big the plague of BRs is is the practice because when you go from scrims to to ALGS, which is like in pro league, which is the big where where everything is on the line, mm-hmm. it's a world world of a difference. I yeah. mean. People in scrims love to just run at you, you know, just get reps, chow everything, yeah. and then in, and then you get to the actual real thing, and it's like Cowarding they're away. scared, yeah. yeah. But that's that's the thing about our team is we do the same thing in both, and it kind of is is annoying because when you do that in the scrims where everyone's just running at you, it can kind of like backfire on you because 
you know, people are playing way more aggressive and they're going to punish you on certain things. And then when you get to the real thing, the teams that stay aggressive, which is all the best teams, that's why it pays off the most when you stay aggressive and you play when everything's way. on the line. Yeah. Uh, practice as if, if you, uh, like you would play yeah. Crim 6, um, didn't teach, I never computer, so, well, uh, th that mattered, but he, that's one of his main things is like, I play same chairs, same everything. Everything that was going to be in that tournament has to be exactly the way that he trained every single day. So mm -hmm. he would call ahead and say, hey, what chairs are you going to use at that tournament? And this was back in the day when there was yeah. like no chair sponsors or any of that. So he would get the information on the chairs and then he would buy that chair and play on that chair on the same monitor as that. Like yeah. he literally took it that seriously. And I, and, I, and I guess you have to obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Um I had a really. I thought it was a. Let me let me think about this. So obviously your your, your practice and, and all that stuff. What what would you change then, right? Like obviously you experience it. Like how would you like for scrims to change in your opinion? Like what is some like some low hanging fruit that people can start? It's just what you said. Practice like you play. That's what I want everyone to do, and that's what I you know see a lot of not happening. You know, people don't practice like they play. And it's unfortunate because. I wish that people could get, because that's another thing is like when you have everyone that doesn't practice like they play, you can't get really good practice leading into these tournaments, right? So then it just becomes a thing where if you aren't experienced, you're not going to like play well at the beginning. And then if you don't play well at the beginning, you're probably not going to make land, right? That's just the way it goes. And it's like all these top teams stay at the top because the practice isn't there. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine if there was practice and everyone practiced like they played, there would potentially be new teams that could get really get better in practice. And that's like the issue with Apex is like- You don't want them to get better. I don't want them to get better, but at the same time, it's like- You want it to I, be competitive. I, I want to get better too from scrims. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just wish that everyone would play like, play like they do in the real thing. You know what I mean? And practice like that. I mean, but there is a competitive advantage to you not- giving up all your secrets so early in the game yeah you know, right so i think we yeah. don't we don't do that anyway though so yeah. it's like either way it wouldn't change anything for us because yeah there's certain strats and stuff as, as i'm sure in cod and everything else you don't show in practice because yeah you well, don't that's why i don't play snd right the search and the story is yeah. the only thing that they don't oh they don't play that in scrims i don't think they practice snd right they do now best of 11s huh yeah, you know, I, th I think the, the what Seth said once is like the breakout is going to be the breakout on any on any of the uh, response. Whereas like, you know, there's really no strategy. I mean, breaking in and 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 like sort mm -hmm. of getting out of those like different. But the, for a while, they didn't play uh, S and D because S and D actually requires strategy, and you know, they played against other people, but not against the teams that they were going to play ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, just because of the way things you know shake out. Um, but Call of Duty right now is in a very weird state because. You know the league itself isn't as um, and it. I'll say it like this, and fucking wait until I complete my sentence before you guys fucking clip it, right? Because the league is in a weird spot because the commitment to the success of the league isn't as uh, as supported as the people working on the league, right? So there's a level of league people. And then there's people above them. So it's an industry, right? So it's, yeah. it's a business. Those people don't see the same value that these people do. And so yeah. it's like the, recipro the reciprocity there it has never been there, truly. Um, what is the state? What was? What's the LGS like? I would say it's pretty similar in Apex. You know, there's there's a level of people that I get to, like, talk to that work on tournaments mm -hmm. and for EA and stuff. 
and they tell me things like, Hey, we, you know, like we're trying to get this to happen. Same exact thing that you just said. And it's like the people above them, they don't see eye to eye or the same, they don't have the same values as, you know, the people that I'm talking to that. And it's unfortunate. It's the same exact way because I mean, this just, just this past year, I'll give you an example is they did all three tournaments in the UK, which why it's supposed that, to be a based glo- out of there? No, it was just based off of like deals they made or something. It was cheap, maybe. I don't really know 100%, but it's supposed to be a, it's called Apex Legends Global Series. And they did all three in the UK, you know? They're not bringing it to the global, you know, state, like, you know, everyone. We did something like that. The CWL did that. We went to Australia. We went to, we got London, France, that sort of thing. And, and, you know, I, I see what you I see what you mean though. Yeah. Never in the same spot. Yeah. So, no. Yeah, that that's uh that's not cool. I, I do when you said London, UK, I'm like, hell yeah, like I'd love to go back to the to, to that, right? Like I uh-huh. think um had we been given the opportunity this year, I think that we would have been you know, had the had the opportunity. I mean, we you know, had the opportunity to do something like that, we yeah. would. Um but not all three yeah, all at once. I got tired right? of it. Like yeah. you know, it was it was super cool at first, but then they went from one, then the next one was in the same exact venue and it's like I don't know. To me, I I would prefer. Yeah, I want I want a variety. I want more fans to be what able to get involved. Was it Copper Box? Copper Box. It love, was so it was two it was Arena. two Copper Box and then one in Birmingham at the um, Alabama. Okay. <laughs> Birmingham, uh, the Peaky Blinders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the home of the Peaky Blinders, and it yep. was at uh, Resort World. I don't know. What, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But it was that one was cool. Yeah, I think. Uh, this this is always going to be a struggle, or it'll definitely be a struggle for the next call it decade until everything falls. Like you, everyone has to realize that esports is. You could argue that it's thirty years old. You could argue that, but in reality, and the reality of things is that we're only like fifteen really true years into this thing, um, and it won't change until there are certain rules that are instated. But with rules comes headaches, and with headaches comes disillusions of something that was grand and beautiful uh, as you search it but I, I believe that in the future at some point there is going to be something hopefully um and hopefully i'm not the only one that's thinking about this but the fact that any developer can have an esports program is shouldn't be allowed right because there there are players at stake there are organizations at stake and there's obviously the game itself that is at stake on whether or not this goes. so a firm commitment from a developer hat has to be vetted Right. Because you can't just say, hey, we're an esports team. We're going to have this league without having safeguards that protect the players. One, the orgs that are supporting those players and the relationship that those players have with this thing. Um, Yes, they own the IP, but esports as a whole, like there should be rules that, that, that you vet through. You know, anybody can say, say, yeah, we're here to support this thing. But in, in, in the end, they're really just advertising for their own game, which is fine. By all means, continue to do that. Well, the, the more that the game makes, the better this community can thrive. But if the support is never going to be met right down the middle, everyone's wasting their fucking time. And in some cases, they're going to set the, the eSport back decades maybe you know what i'm saying and that is the last thing that we need right now and yes this is the wild west yes this is the building phase of what this thing will eventually become undoubtedly um and it just makes it there there has to be the same approval process that teams have to go through in order to qualify to participate in leagues the leagues that or the the developers themselves right they have to be 
they have to be approved by an esports consortium of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know, people who have been around called the Richard Lewis's who has been through fucking knows everything, calls it like and see like that. That one dude, you can have the Adam Apicellas who have been in this thing. You can have like other people who aren't someone like me, yeah. right? Because I own a team, so obviously very biasedly I want. Yeah, yeah. But every single time that I've been in a partnership, best foot forward, right? Like mm-hmm. it's my duty for me to uphold my half of the fucking thing. So other people on the other side of this thing shouldn't just get to just do whatever the fuck they want, yeah, you know? No. Um, so there, there, there has to be some vetted progress because think about what, what happens when leagues are created, right? Like I, I'll tell you an example. For, for Call of Duty, they shrunk 400 teams down to 12, which means that there is 90% of, uh, of professional players who, who were making a living before the league are yeah. no longer making a, league, uh, a living be- because of the league. And for what though, right? Because the the challengers or what and I'm talking specifically in Call of Duty, yeah. there isn't really a a solid path to pro that would allow people to do that. So in in a case like that, we would be like, hey, you're not upholding your end of of, of, the, of this thing, and the players yeah. are suffering because of it. That's a no no because mm-hmm. we need. If you're not interested in the future, like the, the the quickest thing that you can look at is what 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 their challengers program looks like or their path to pro program looks yeah. like. So. You know, people get disheartened and and sort of disappointed in the way that things are going. But, you know, when you put it into context that, you know, what we do now is going to matter and it's going to shape the way of the future, Mm -hmm. then you have some reward. There's something that's delayed, right? It's it's a delayed sort of gratification, Matt. Matt, delayed gratification. Thank you. Um, But it, it needs to be done. And we are figuring this out as we go along. We're building, but... You know, like sports has pretty much outlined everything the way that it should be. And all we have to do is like sort of match that. Mm -hmm. The NFL has agreements that they have to uphold, Mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, team owners are going to be like, fuck that, you're out, Mm -hmm. right? And then players also have to be protected because they're, you know, all this is being built on on, on you guys. And we're trying to sort of direct traffic as to where it should go. And it's just such a shit show of a thing that at some point it needs to be, somebody needs to fucking do it. And it won't be me. I'm too lazy to do that. So. No, I mean, definitely, you definitely probably know a lot more than the people watching. You got all that experience. So I think that. It's it's awesome to hear about that kind of stuff, you know. Oh, well, it's, it's just theoretical, right? This is just something that could happen or should happen, in yeah. my opinion. But since I'm not going to be the one to do it, mm-hmm. then I can't get mad at people for not doing it. Yeah, no, I... But I was something actually, like that. I actually remember that, too. Like, the, uh, like you're talking about, where they do the franchises, and then all these players, yeah, they lose their job. And, you know, it's like all the players have to be, like, scrunched together on these like smaller amount of teams and it's like it is tough you know because i remember uh like in uh, valorant great teams had to disband because of a franchise the franchise league and that's people talk about that with apex too and i think i think actually apex on a path to pro kind of basis is is actually doing a great job yeah they do they do a really good job of that um there's been plenty of people that have made their way up you know Skittle cakes and um, his old team. Knox joined kind of in the middle of it. In the middle of it, but Skittle Cakes team came up from Challenger Circuit. They won the. There's a qualifier to pro league. Anyone can enter, so it's very very simple path to pro. You know, you join up. If you're good enough, you're gonna make it. Yeah. Skittle and them made it, and I mean, here he is now on Optic. You know, he's a perfect example of a path yeah. to pro. Yeah. Kinda. yeah. 
kind of uh, format. Yeah, I mean, we had that. We had the same situation last year with Ghosty, right? He came from Challengers. Yeah, and, you know, so so there, there, the want and the need is there, but who is going to be the one to sort of build that thing is is, yeah. is always going to be the, the the question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's need patience is the number one thing. Um, and, and that is like, I don't, I don't, I'm here forever. So like for me, everything that's happening now, everything that has happened in the past is just things that have to happen along the way so that you can reshape what's going to be the future. And so long as nobody is there to say, Hey, that's wrong. That wrong is going to continue to be upheld by the people doing the wrong. So yeah. until somebody, you know, theoretically stands up and says, yo, EA, like this needs to this needs to be like like you know this way or hey halo this needs to be that way like you know what i'm saying like it, yeah. it, you know luckily uh most people want to do right by the sport and the and and that most people that work on those products right it is the it is the business side of this thing that yeah you have to also like take into account that it is a business and business should be done right but at the end of the day they they have to sell that, copies i had you know I like hearing about this kind of stuff, especially from someone like you, because it's like, I haven't really thought about it in that way, but that really would help a lot of those issues is having some sort of committee where it's like, if you want to run an eSport, you have to follow these guidelines. You have to, you know, protect to protect the players, the orgs, like you said, and that really would just kind of fix a lot of the issues that we have today is if they were just held to that standard right off the bat. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, they kind of get to just do whatever they want because they own the uh, the, the rights AP. to the game. Nobody yeah. owns that, uh, basketball. Nobody owns NFL, yep. right? Like, but but I could argue that the players own esports because they are the ones that are out there competing. They're the ones that are attracting the, the fan yep. bases. So for us not to protect the players or for us to not go out of our way to at least have a conversation with how this thing is going to be, like it's damaging, damaging, damaging. And it's, it's, it's just it, – it is, again – Cool, it's a cucumber. I don't give a fuck. I'm here forever. I don't have an exit out there as I as I as I once did. Yeah. But you know, it, it is. Everyone's trying to find their footing, and as uh, sometimes I've been I've been sort of criticized for how I say things like, "Well, the developers trying to find their footing also in esports. They were out there just creating a piece of interactive artwork, and we turned it into a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want that, but we did. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I I think I think. As 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 esports progresses and grows, how old is the NFL? How old is the NBA, Matt? Like, if you think about it, right? Like, they look at what they've become with ten years since nineteen twenty. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, seeing that documentary about the Lakers. Yeah, um, and how they Winning were struggling. Time. They were struggling yeah. back then. Uh, who was it? Uh, Gary Buss. Who, who yep. was it? The guy, and in, you know, it's crazy how the NBA is like just blown up, and the Lakers specifically just yeah. blown up to the probably the Showtime, biggest man. biggest organization. Yeah, they saw it for what it was. They saw it for what sports is. It's like in 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 its very core, it is competition. Mm-hmm. But the show itself is something completely different. Yeah. And when you are creating the show around it, you have to create so many safeguards and a bubble that protects the competition aspect of it, so it doesn't interfere so much. And the understanding is. Yo, you guys are the players, sure. All of these people here aren't here to see you play. You are here to entertain all of these people by doing your very best at beating somebody else. Yeah. But don't get it fucking twisted, ever, right? That as a player, you are there to serve a massive community mm-hmm. 
-hmm. right? And as long as that doesn't get lost, the symbiotic relationship that we all have is going to thrive. But since 1920, the NFL has had the opportunity to create teams that are worth or to create a property that is worth a trillion dollars, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Who knows what esports will look like in a I mean, hundred years? We're doing pretty good, if I do say so myself. I mean, yeah. obviously, I, yeah. Granted, we have technologies that these these olden times didn't, and mm -hmm. and it is our duty to take whatever blueprint that they have set down for us, for us to innovate it in a, innovate it in a way that makes it better for the audience. Audience first, always. Audience, competition. And the managing of all that is, is a symbiotic relationship that has to be taken very seriously. So when you have the players, the orgs, and the leagues, each three has to uphold their end of the bargain mm. to, 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 to create something. Yeah. So lots, lots of ways to go until we are – what's the math on that? What's the math on that? 20 uh, – 20? What's that? 80, 100 years almost, right? 100 years. So we are in a second decade, right? We're in the second, on, the, on our second decade of a 20-year yeah. thing. And we arguably, we have the best opportunity to cut that shit in half and say that in 50 oh, yeah. years, this is going to be bigger than traditional sports. That's the future I see. Mm -hmm. We'll see if I'm right yet again. That's the future I want. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something as like a pro player. I want, I want to be able to stay in esports my whole career kind of like how you're you're doing it like you know you want to stay in esports in some facet you know like maybe not as a pro player i don't mm -hmm. know if i'm going to be a pro player till i'm 40 but like in some way i want to stay in esports because i just love the competition of gaming yeah. and i have so much knowledge about it now because i have so much experience with yeah. gaming that's what i want that's what i want to do so yeah. hopefully and and you know it will be it, it will be scary for some you know, developers to be like, well, I can't commit to something like that. I can't. We own the game. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. but there is something to be said about the benefit in two people putting their best foot forwards and doing something. Um, uh, HelloFresh, obviously coming back as they usually do. HelloFresh is one of the most interesting and beneficial ones that uh, sponsors that we've uh, had the pleasure of working with, because what it is is whether you're finding a resolution to save money on spending on food or whether or not you're trying to get healthy or whatever it is that you do, like, because it allows you to say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like, delivered right to your door. So don't let recipe boredom strike because HelloFresh has more options than ever before. Dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even markets add-on items that will suit your lifestyle yeah and look always just remember me anytime so, so you guys know that i'm not over here all, all all grabby hands matt and i split these ever since they they started sending them they sent them here we split it down the middle he eats it i eat some that's how we do it and i gotta tell you something it helps a lot of time when you're when i'm in between matches because now i'm playing all of optic matches okay same teammates so same results but anyway they have uh, they said breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Sure. And guess what? HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they are giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. L-I-F-E, life. That means that you'll enjoy totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Now, that's worth waking up early for. So, how this works is if you go to HelloFresh.com slash hex free, that's H3CZ free. I'll leave a link in the description down below to make it super easy for you to just click on it. But... 
If you are going to type it out, it's HelloFresh.com slash Hex free with a three. And at checkout, you use code H3CZ free, the same, Hex free with a three for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Hex free with code Hex free. That's H3CZ, F-R-E-E at HelloFresh.com forward slash Hex free. So. Link in the description down below. Make it super easy for you to get there. Why don't you just get better, get healthier, and taste the healthy options that they have and, and cut all the mess of you cooking, cut all the mess of you ordering, cut all the mess of you going to the store and picking your items. Make it easy for yourself. Uh, moving on. You have the link in the description. Go check it out. Next, we have something that I, that I saw on the internet once and they completely left my brain. And right now when... I saw them on the screen. I felt super happy and enthused to tell you about Magic Spoon. Because like many of you, my New Year's resolution is to cut back on sugar. Because growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but high protein and less sugar. So here's, here's what I got to tell you right now. A variety pack of four flavors... That has cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories per serving. Uh, it's high protein, has zero uh, grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So for me, as soon as I give this a shot, which is going to be this week, I got to tell you, I, I, the easiest one that I that I see here that I'm going to like is the peanut butter and the chocolate one. I'll report back as soon as, uh, as I get back from this. But if you go to magicspoon.com slash eavesdrop, all capitalized, that's M-A-G-I-C-S-P-O-O-N.com uh, slash E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P, all capitalized, to so grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use your promo code that I'm about to give you, all capitals, eavesdrop, at checkout to save five bucks $5 off of your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money. No questions asked. So remember, start a new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash eavesdrop and use code eavesdrop at checkout to get $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Back to my man dropped. What uh what what do you hope uh for this? What 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 sort of changes do you foresee coming in in uh, in Apex that uh that will make it better? That will make it more sustainable. Um. Well, one of the things that Optics involved in is the partner program with with uh is that announced? ALGS. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, it's announced. Um. So I mean, that's the first step, and that was that was big to see that because. EA before they had a bunch of teams that didn't even have teams anymore. It was it was a weird. They had like this grandfathered in system of partner program before, yeah. and they finally opened it back up. So that was a good step forward for yeah. for Apex and LGS and Optic got involved with that a partner team now. So that's really good. Um, but in terms of Apex, I mean. I can't really think of much other. Than, I mean, I'm glad that they're, they they kind of there's rumors that the lands are going to be in different places this year, which that's how it should have been. I mean, in my opinion. So, but that's I guess a good step instead of doing it same location yeah. every time. Um, I think it's just kind of. I mean, it's kind of remaining the same for the most part. Yeah. I don't really think I can't think of anything that's new. Yeah. 
you know what about a change of maps like how often would you like to see that uh, does, that, does that get trialing and boring or not nah? you you would think but the way apex goes and brs go in general the map has to be competitive so there's yeah. there's certain maps that you know just aren't good i mean i think in cod right as well in halo it's like they just don't do certain maps yeah. in competitive right Correct. so that's the way it is with apex it's like they tried actually this off season to do olympus which was like the map of like um if you don't play apex you wouldn't really know i haven't it. played it in a long yeah. time but i did play for a while it's it's a it's a map that um they tried to you know be like hey you guys might play on this at some point yeah it's it's like that futuristic kind of yeah. green map and so they were trying to like have a scrim on that map for a month or two and give them you know feedback and we basically all said it was horrible you know and and just, it's not in it it's just not competitive it's, but, but so but are they still making you play on that or they, no they no no we're not so they listen so for the most part so, they yeah, listen to you they, yeah they they listen to us um i would say that in terms of apex they do a good job of listening to the pro players when it comes to our competitions. When it comes to the game, they don't care what we say. But like yeah. when it comes to our competitions, they really do listen to us, which is 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 a awesome thing that they do. Is they really listen to the feedback? Yeah. Um, at the start of Apex, Ghost Ayami, have you you remember Halo guy? Yeah. Legend. He was uh he was the esports guy for Apex at the beginning, and he just he actually just left uh about a year ago, mm -hmm. year and a half. I don't know. But he kind of laid the groundwork for Apex, I think, because they were really player first because of Ghost. He was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that he was at the start of the Apex Esports. Yeah. Because I think he laid the groundwork for a lot of things. And then he worked with uh, Shaheen, who's he's been in contact with Optic you yeah. know, people. And he's a great dude. I love him. But, uh, yeah, no, they do a good job of listening to the pros and like taking our, our opinions when it comes to our competitions. They do an awesome job of that. That's good. Um, what is the uh, who's who? All right. So when it's on the twenty first is just uh, regular online. It's online, yeah. Okay, and then the 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 travel circuit begins when. They don't see the thing. They don't announce the dates. Like we right might away. know actually. Maybe I don't. know. I don't know. But I, I, only reason I'm asking is because I, I want to come to one with you guys, and I want to make sure that I that I'm scheduling my mm -hmm. my year accordingly because. It's way better to do it that way. I've never oh, done yeah. it that way, but I've never scheduled anything away. But now, obviously, with the with the opportunities that are out there, I have to. So, um, if if you could pick your three best places to have these things at, where would it be? I want one um, here, mm -hmm. and I well, or in Arlington. Uh, they they were planning on doing so in one the in United Arlington. States. Yeah, I want it. I want it more specifically in Texas because okay. I'm a Texas native. I love you know optics in, in Texas and ton of optic fans here, so it would be we have a ton of fans everywhere. Right? We have a ton no of fans, home, yeah, no no, yeah. You know. uh, ton of fa ton of fans everywhere, but you know I I've seen the lands that happen in Texas and like cod and stuff, and it's crazy. The, big. the green wall goes crazy yeah, in yeah, Texas, yeah. so I want Texas first. I want Texas to start because mm -hmm. this year we're like. My number one goal, and I, I said this on the uh, on the other interview I did too. The number one goal is to win a land this year, mm -hmm. and I want to win the first one because then after that, that's when I can focus on. All right, let's win the next mm -hmm, mm -hmm, two mm -hmm. lands. I want to get one you down. Break the ice. I want to get one down, and I want to do it in Texas with, you know, a ton of optic fans there in person. That would just be awesome to do that for the Green Wall. Yeah, I gotta, you gotta come up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on where it is. I, uh, all right, so United States, where else? I want, for champs, I want Japan because in Apex, J Japan is ma like they have a massive fan base in Apex over there in Japan, and also I I'm selfishly I want to go to Japan. That's I'm like going in uh in like March or April. Yeah, yeah, dude, I want to go there so bad. If anybody's from Japan, wants to say hello to me, put in the description. I'll I'll let you know how. So that for I, champs, I, I, I really want to go. Like I I. I Tokyo, I want to go yeah. uh, so badly, man. Like really, really badly. Just you like seafood? Love seafood. Sushi and love sushi, dude. I can't wait to go to Kinzo. Kinzo in Frisco is the best sushi place you're ever gonna have. Really? It costs a pretty penny, but it's worth a beautiful penny. Oh yeah, yeah. I sound like fucking Donald Trump there. It costs a pretty penny, <laughs> but it's, it's a more shiny penny once you get there. <laughs> no, but uh. Love, I love sushi. Like that's that's the number one. I'm a big foodie kind of guy. Yeah, so Japan is my number one because of that. Because I love sushi. I love ramen. I love seafood. Just in general, is like my like my favorite. Yeah. Type of food. Yeah. So I'm jealous that you're going over there. And yeah. I might be going there three times this year. Really? Yeah. Just and you've never happened. been before. Never been before. I want to take a family trip there. My daughter obviously uh, she wants to go see all the Pokemon stores and all the. Mm -hmm. All the other stuff, anime stuff. Um, I want to go to the toy stores. Boy, the toy stores. Yeah, the little, the little toy stores. The toy stores in Japan. Yeah, for like what kind of stuff? Uh, name it. Like I want to get um, the the uh, oh, what's it called? The eighty nine. Uh, it's a it's a what's a the the car from uh from Initial D. Do you watch anime never, movies? No, I'm no, I don't no? really watch anime no. too much now. I did in high school. There it is. The Toyota Sprint Trueno 886. Oh. I don't want to get that, although I have considered buying it, but I, I want to get like the, the toys, the, like the official. Toy. Yeah. But I want to find it. I don't want to go to, you know, I want to be looking through it. And I'm like, oh, there it is. I want to have the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? But like uh, food organic. for sure. Yeah. 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 Organic experience. Yeah. Toys. It. I want to go. I want to go uh, to, you know, all the, all the stores. I mean, I just. It's my, my sort of jam, man. Like mm -hmm. hip hop is huge there. Um, the car culture is huge there. I'm not a big I'm not big into cars. No, no. I, really? Like I couldn't tell you what the car where the carburetor is, but I also couldn't Carburet. tell you what the gallbladder is. So I mean, I don't fucking know. Uh, okay, I got you. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like driving them. I don't want to know how they work. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I mean, I like cars, but yeah, I'm not. I like driving them. I'm not a car guy though. I wouldn't consider myself a car yeah, guy. Yeah, you know. Um, Cool. So if if uh, if United States is good, Tokyo is good. Where's the third one? I want um, Australia. Never been to Australia, but I once again selfishly want Australia for you know seafood and. Damn, also, you're really into seafood. Oh, I love seafood. Yeah. yeah, I love. I just love food in general, but seafood's my number one. And then, um, you know, I I. Uh, and then number two is Mexican food here in Texas. Yeah. And all so that you're not so culturally, food wise, what's your what's your ranking? Um, you know, I I would have to put sushi. Culture, j yeah, Japanese food number one. Okay. Sushi, ramen. Um. My my number one most favorite though is poke. You had poke. Have you had in Hawaii? No. Have you had poke in Hawaii? I've never been oh. to Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii twice now, mm -hmm. man. Poke in Hawaii? That, 
I just I, so I love raw fish, and that's yeah. that's like my favorite way to eat it is poke with the mm -hmm. you know the spicy mayo and the avocado. I and, hear you, and uh, that's my favorite. But yeah, in terms of cultures, number one Jap uh, Japanese, number two Mexican, and then number three, I don't even know. Because of the skin I'm in, I'm gonna put Mexican at the top, and then after that, it's always a battle. It's always a battle between Asian food uh, uh, or or uh, Italian, right? Oh, really? Because Italian food is just so fucking. I mean, wow. But then you get into like you get into like Asian food, and you start thinking about, dude. I I just love love me. Just su I love sushi. I love shrimp or I like ramen. I just started eating ramen. Like oh, really? I, I I went a long time. But like the ver vermicellis, like uh from like Thai food, like pho. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like all that. Like I'm that's all my my jam. But mm -hmm. I also love Italian. Mm -hmm. So I just keep them at the number two spot. You know, personally. Um, and I know that Indian food is also Asian, but you know that one doesn't rank as high up on 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 my list. Yeah, um, not me either. Yeah, so food, food aside, what else, uh, aside from gaming, what are your interests? Like, what, what do you do? I, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to travel more, you know. Um, that's, like, a big interest of mine is traveling the world and, you know, experiencing new things and um, seeing different places and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been to Hawaii twice. I've been traveling for gaming, obviously. That's, like, leisure. Mm -hmm. I've been traveling for gaming everywhere. I like experiencing new places. And, yeah that kind of thing yeah um but uh yeah i would say that it's kind of just i'm I'm pretty simple i don't really i love yeah. watching shows you know i'm a big watching shows and movies i i enjoy uh um, favorite movie of all time in the drama category oh if you i mean obviously drama um, right, what's your favorite movie of all time we'll start favorite there. movie of all time i'd have to say is uh interstellar for me that's that's probably my number one choice there's a guy named maven you heard of that? I've name? heard of Maven. He's like a caster or he's, analyst he's, or something. He's a really good friend of mine, but also incredibly wrong. He thinks Interstellar was mid as fuck. He really? said, "What do you say the the other, bro? Like ludicrous shit out of his fucking mouth." Interstellar was one of the best movies ever made. Period. Oh, yeah. The score of it was perfect. The movie itself, the concept of the movie, all of it. Yeah. And this guy is giving it a fucking mid review. Get That's insane. Yeah, horrible. He probably just didn't understand it. Yeah, know? he didn't get it. He, he just doesn't he have that elevated level of thinking. No. You, you know? Dude, I said that <laughs> to his face once. Yeah, he he's not a big fan of that. I I. Right, right there. Interstellar is the most overrated film in the history of cinema. For yeah, the record, no, I think insane. it's a good movie. I just don't understand so many people think it's the groundbreaking masterpiece. I don't know about groundbreaking, but it is a masterpiece. It is a, it's, it's a dumb person smart movie. What? <laughs> Fucking Legion. Unbelievable. That's, that's yeah. Ludicrous. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I would say Interstellar is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I I just I, I'm a movie guy also. Like I yeah, super super movie guy. Shows I'm not that. I I, I find it difficult to get into new shows. Um, it's a consider it a commitment, and if I consider it a commitment, like I don't want. How do I say this? I know what shows are good, mm -hmm. right? And people like record like the Bear. Have you watched Bear yet? The Bear, yeah, yeah the Bear. I haven't watched it. People have been, the the Boys. Have you watched the Boys? Boys was not eh, your thing. I'm not it. I mean, I I it was all right. But nah, not my thing. I watched the bear though. Um, I'll give you my opinion on the bear. I think it's a good show, but um, 
I would say that, you know, about 50% of it is just them screaming at each other, which is kind of like, you know. That's what Optic is here in the office, 50% of <laughs> screaming those. No, but uh, I guess I guess the thing about the bear that people appreciate is that it really shows, like, the restaurant industry. That's yeah, like a, that's the like restaurant a, industry would say, like, that's so opposite as to what the restaurant. Like, uh, I have a chef friend, Wanda, the, the third co-host of Eat yeah. He says like nobody will ever do thanks chef you know like, oh yeah <laughs> so, no one does that. i haven't watched it I, I don't know what this means or whether or not they do how often they do it but um he said that's not one of his things that's uh they did that i think they did this it's whenever because you know in the well, restaurant don't, 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 don't tell me don't tell me, don't tell me. oh I, you don't mean to spoil no because i am gonna watch okay, it okay whenever i have free all right, time. I gotcha. all right um have you watched um narcos narcos yes what you think of that great I watch both. There's two, you know. There's the Narcos and the Narcos Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. one. I I think out of the two, I liked Mexico better than uh, really Narcos. Yeah, I like both equal. I I can't pick. I you know it'd be really easy for me to pick Mexico, being from Juarez. And, yeah, you know, sort of seeing some of that stuff. Like I'm, I'm good. The um, main actor uh, Pascal. On which one? No, on uh, Mexico. What's his name? Uh, he was on Andor. What's his? Did you watch Andor? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Diego Luna. Diego I Luna. I love Diego Luna. Diego Luna. He's a good. great actor. Have you seen the movie Amores Perros? No. Uh, you you should watch it. It's a it's a, uh, watch some movies that he made. If you can read subtitles, which I'm obviously you watch Narcos. Mexico. I actually know a, 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 a little, little bit of Spanish. Okay. I actually I can speak it a little bit. Watch uh watch Amores Perros and uh, Y tu mamá también. Uh, okay. Th those are two movies he was in. Stellar. Yeah, fucking actor. Uh -huh. Yeah, stellar actor. Him, um, he's he's really good. Uh, look, I think uh, I'm excited to see what where this season's gonna go. I'm I'm happy to have you on the team and excited to have you on the team. Um, we have some coaching shit to talk about you and I and and, and the boys. I know that that's very important to you guys. And you know, I want I want you guys to let's have a conversation around it. Okay. I, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I just want it to be done. This is the optic is not uh, like. We, under my control, Optic as an esports team doesn't operate the same as all the other esports teams that you've been a part of. We don't just, you don't come to me and say, yo, I need this. And I'm just like, of course, you, you fucking have it. Uh, we need to talk about it because it's, it's a, it, you know, esports because it's so early. It's like, we have to look at, I, I, I look at everything. You know, even, even when we got the, and this, the, they're fucking tired of hearing this. But there is something to be said about the responsibility that I have about hiring new people just because. Yeah. So. Um, I do, I do want to talk about it. Somebody fucking tweeted at me and I know that the conversations have been going around and, you know, uh, luckily because of, you know, because of this, I have also learned to let go of some of the reins where yeah. in, in that house and there was none of that. It was just me and that's it. Mm -hmm. So now I've, you know, thanks to Paige and, and, and the good people yeah, that yeah. work here, I've been, I've been able to take my hands off the wheel a little bit. Uh, but I do get, I'm, I'm very well caught up on that. So. Uh, anyway, any questions that you may have for me, or I think we think we talked about a good amount. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you stopping by, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, his information is gonna be listed in the description down below. Uh, so make sure to follow him. Keep up uh, with our team. Uh, we we're gonna have an exciting year, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, good luck, man, and Godspeed. Please do bring a championship. Yeah, that's the we plan. We love it. That's here. the plan. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for episode 163 of the Eavesdrop podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Maybe. Goodbye. Peace out.